Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tahir. Gergelecta. Sakula Ijaya. Food. Change. Welcome to the Slow Food Youth Network podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sfin podcast. My name is Valentina Gritti and I'm the Global Community and Project Manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. The podcast of today is part of the series Slow Food Goes Brussels, focusing on the latest European policy updates. So as always, for this series, our special host from the Slow Food Europe office in Brussels is Alice Poiron. Alice will delve into the topic of food waste. What can we consider food waste? Are consumers the only ones to blame? Are there any policy improvements on the horizon in Europe? Our guests today are Martin Baumann, food waste campaigner at Feedback, Annelus Peinenburg, activist at Slow Food Youth Network Amsterdam, and Tom Vaklavik, coordinator of Slow Food Brno in Czech Republic. One third of the food produced worldwide is either wasted or lost, which means it never ends up where it's supposed to, on our plates. Why is this a problem? Well, it costs countries millions of euros in lost revenue, causes unnecessary stress on the food chain, and harms the environment by contributing to global warming and climate change. This fact might not be widely known, but if food waste were a country, would be the third greenhouse gas emitter. On top of this, it is an ethical issue exacerbating food insecurity. How can we tolerate that such huge quantities of food are being wasted when around 800 million people in the world suffer from hunger? Many myths have been circulating about what causes food waste and who produces more of it. We hear, for instance, that food loss during food production and retailing happens only in countries of the Global South, while consumers in countries of the Global North are said to be the biggest wasters of the whole food chain due to their lack of education. Well, none of these assumptions pass a reality check, because food waste is a deeper issue related to how our food system and how we, as a society, value food. You learn all about it in this episode, and of course, about what's up in the European Union to help address food waste, because there is no fun without a tad of food policy. But first and foremost, what is food waste? Martin Bowman, food waste campaigner at Feedback, a campaign group working to regenerate nature by transforming our food system, tells us all about it. Food waste is basically any food that's used below its potential. So, you know, we're talking uh, food that's edible for human consumption, mostly, although it could also be inedible parts. Um, and it's food that's gone to like landfill, it's been sent to incineration to be burnt, but it can also include um, food when it's used below its potential. So it might have been used as compost or animal feed, but it could have been used um, from an environmental and social perspective uh, for a far better purpose of, of sort of being, being used to feed humans as you waste some of the, the energy um, and uh, resources that go into growing that food by using it kind of but below its potential in that way and actually you know uh, a lot of um, the potential of the food is wasted when it's it's edible food that's sent to compost although of course compost can be fantastic um, for inedible uh, food and it's one of the best uses of that. And is there a difference with food losses? We actually don't use that distinction. So, but um, 
it's often used, food losses is often used to mean uh, food that is wasted before the retail stage, so on kind of farms, in manufacturing, that sort of thing. And food waste is used to describe um, food waste at retail and consumer level. The reason we don't use that distinction is because it's often kind of tied up to this kind of narrative that's really pervasive myth but that's been debunked that food loss um, is a technical problem that occurs mainly in kind of low income countries and it's caused mainly by kind of technical problems of like a lack of storage um, and it can be solved by kind of you know modernizing multinational companies coming in modernizing supply chains and building things like cool chain infrastructure and then on the other hand in in high income countries you have food waste which is mainly caused by wasteful consumers and it's you know it's a, uh, caused by personality defects and uh, and solved by education but actually what we want to do is challenge that narrative and and actually the most up-to-date data challenges that completely and actually a recent study from WWF found that uh, food waste on farms for instance is far higher in high-income countries um uh, than in low-income countries and that's because you what often happens is you replace um technical problems uh, from lack of storage infrastructure with another set of problems which are actually often worse, um, like uh, rejecting food for being the wrong size and shape, um, last-minute order cancellations like unfair trading practices um, and kind of other problems. And then also it's actually been debunked too that high-income consumers um waste more and actually the most recent data from um the un food waste index finds that uh food waste by consumers is is no higher in in rich countries than it is in in other countries so um that's why we that's a a long roundabout way of saying um why we just prefer to call everything food waste at the eu level it is estimated that some 88 million tons of food is wasted annually which is equivalent to 173 kilos of food per person every year. And as you just heard, most of it happens at the farm and retail levels, contrary to popular belief. The reasons for this are complex. Some of them are very well known, while others might surprise you. Um, well, there's a whole host of causes of food waste. It occurs all along the supply chain, right from the farm level to our plates. And it all kind of adds up, you know, um, so on farms, as I've sort of hinted at already, you get um, problems ranging from technical infrastructure. So, you know, lack of places to store food and, and refrigeration and, and so on that can cause food waste. That more often happens in lower income countries in the global majority. Um, but then you also have problems like um, unfair trading practices, like last minute order cancellations. Uh, food being rejected for being the wrong size and shape, so cos what we call cosmetically outgraded. Um, we also speak with a lot of farms who say that they overproduce food uh, because they're worried that if they, uh, in a bad year where the where there's you know the weather means there's less crop that grows, they're worried that powerful supermarket buyers will delist them or or 
um, punish them for, for undersupplying. So they overplant by, for instance, say 10%. And that means that um, when there's a good year, um, there's a glut of food on the market. And what happens is the price collapses of the food. Um, and often it's not financially worth um, people harvesting the food and, and retailers come up with excuses to reject it as there's too much on the market. Um, and there's a whole host of other reasons as well, ranging from um, in factories, uh, they'll also experience sort of last minute rejections and um, of uh, food maybe being packaged wrong or, or changes in orders. Um, in restaurants, you can get people, uh, you know, restaurants and caterers might be providing too big a portion size so that people uh, leave food that's left over on the plate um, or have mismanagement in, in the kind of kitchen that leads to, to food waste. And, and finally, you know, also um, households can relate, I'm sure, to, to wasting some food waste in the in the home as well. But yeah, actually, it's about a sort of, it's often, as I say, there's this myth that most um, food wasted in Europe comes at the consumer level. And this misconception mostly comes because um, we've either not measured or seriously underestimated how much food is wasted on farms. Um, and based on the most up-to-date data from this WWF study and, and others, shows that actually up to about half of the EU's food waste occurs on farm, uh, and then about a quarter in other businesses and about a quarter in um, at consumer level. Whether we call it food loss or food waste, this food required energy, land, water, time, fuel, natural as well as human resources, money, and a certain amount of polluting imports to be produced, harvested, transported, and packaged. Such wastage is enormous and has a serious impact on the environment. Well, actually, the most up-to-date estimates show that about 40% of the world's food is wasted. And this has really quite staggering environmental impact. So about 8 to 10% of the whole world's uh, um, emissions are caused by um, food waste, um, current estimates. This is the one that really gets me the amount uh, the land that it takes to grow food that is wasted is um estimated to be equivalent to the land mass of india and china combined so a, a land mass the size of india and china is used to grow food that is never eaten by humans and that is both staggering but also a huge opportunity yes I just did like you and took my phone to calculate the landmass of China and India and found a total of 12.884 million square kilometers. Wow. Imagine what we could do with all that land. We could use that to feed the world. Um, we could do also use that to feed, uh, to grow food more extensively in a more agroecological uh, way. Um, and we could use some of that land to start restoring nature and planting trees uh, to restore biodiversity and um, restore uh, ecosystems, uh, like restore peatlands, plant trees, etc. Um, so, 
Yeah, food waste, reducing food waste is a huge environmental opportunity. And in the EU itself, it's about estimated at least about 6% of the, the EU's emissions um, comes from food waste. And that um, those emissions aren't just from uh, methane, from it biodegrading in landfill. Actually, even more importantly than that, it um, the emissions come from all of the energy uh, and resources that go into producing that food. Uh, so, you know, the fertilizers that go into growing it and um, transport um, and all of the other processes that go into uh, growing and manufacturing food. Around the world, many organisations and individuals are taking action against food waste. Of course, Slow Food is also doing its part. Six years ago, the Slow Food Youth Network, also called SFIN, launched a worldwide project to raise awareness about food waste and help fight it, the World Disco Soup Day. Their motto? Filling bellies instead of bins. I asked Anulus Pellenburg from Sven Amsterdam to give more details about its original concept. Well, Disco Soup Day is something that Sven organized since 2016, um, and it came out of a big brainstorm organized at Terra Madre, the food, uh, the, the the slow food festival in Turin every two years, and it was actually based on an event that they already organized, the Schnippel Disco in Germany, uh, a year before that, in the years before that. So it was really inspired by already like a local food movement in Germany, and then they went with the idea, like they they just said, okay, this is such a nice idea, let's uh, try to organize it uh, worldwide. And, as it turned out, the World Disco Soup Day has met a growing success. Why is it a success? That is really because it's this part of yeah, the, the disco part. It's a, It sounds fun. And it is also really fun because you chop the veggies together while you're listening to fun disco music. So you're really doing something together, uh, fighting a very important and sometimes heavy loaded topic. And then at that same time, you're also doing it with a lot of people around the whole world. So realizing um, that you're chopping veg vegetables that you save that day, but somebody in Kenya and somebody in Japan or somebody in the middle of the US is doing the same. That is quite an, uh, like a very, very nice feeling to have. So afterwards you you hear the stories and you cannot grasp it grasp it almost that like in total 20,000 to 50,000 kilograms of food has been saved on that one day so yeah that's that's kind of cool that you've been part of that uh, day and you really feel like you're part of a movement and the best part about it anybody can join in just giving a subtle hint for all those who are listening to us right now and everybody can organize it in their own way. You know, it's very low key. You can you can really do it for a, like a, a, a tiny bunch of people. You can organize it with all other kind of organizations. You can try to ask funding for it. But I've actually like the first couple of years, we just did it budgetless kind of. <laughs> uh, we asked for help with all other kind of food waste fighters in the city. And there was a lot of, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the people were really excited to to help and contribute. Uh, and I feel like, especially in Amsterdam, we've created, in those years, it wasn't 
we created like this food waste movement together in the city as well. While the Slow Food Youth Network works hard to raise awareness about food waste, other Slow Food groups have managed to directly influence things on the ground. This is the case of Slow Food Berno in Czech Republic, who has heavily contributed to the successful elaboration of the program Really Healthy School, which started in the city of Berno and has since expanded to over 300 cities in the country. Let's hear all about it with Stomba Klavik, coordinator of Slow Food Berno. The Really Healthy School program uh, started in 2015. We were very much inspired by the Food for Life program from the United Kingdom that we knew then that was quite successful and we uh, were so excited that we wanted to bring it to the Czech Republic. And we spoke to the Food for Life team and they agreed and we then Uh, it took us about a year to adapt the program to the situation in the Czech Republic. The, the situation in uh, school, school catering mainly is a little bit different from the United Kingdom. So we adapted the, uh, the criteria and then started offering the, the program to Czech schools. It was met with quite an interest. And since then, for the last seven years uh, we've had almost 500 schools uh, adopting the, the, the program and what is it concretely uh, the really healthy school program is a is a whole school uh, approach program developing and, uh, and promoting healthy and uh, sustainable food culture in, in schools it, uh, it helps children develop the, the skills and habits they, they need for a healthy and uh, successful and mainly sustainable life and of course improves their learning particularly regarding uh, where food comes from uh, healthy food uh, nutrition education uh, etc and it uh, promotes uh, the use of fresh Uh, seasonal and local uh, products in the in the school canteen. The Really Healthy Food Initiative has a very complete food education program for children to learn about the value and importance of food, including on the issues of food waste. The program is a, is an award scheme, award program that uh, endorses schools that serve nutritious, uh, fresh, sustainably sourced food and support pupils to eat well and enhance their learning with uh, cooking activities, food growing activities and uh, farming spa visits. You heard it. Many members of civil society are rolling up their sleeves to tackle food waste. And what about the European Union? Are they taking action? And if so, how? Martin Bowman to the rescue. We have a historic opportunity at the moment to tackle food waste in the EU. After years of pressure um, from grassroots groups, including uh, Slow Food, um, the EU is on the cusp of proposing um, legally binding targets to, for member states to reduce their food waste. Uh, and this would be a, a momentous occasion. This would be the first time that... Uh, 
this type of legislation has ever come into force in the world. Um, so it sets a huge global precedent and it would basically legally bind um, all the EU countries to, to achieve certain levels of food waste reduction, which you know is a, is a huge step forward. So it's a good thing, right? The devil will be in the detail. We don't know what level these targets will be set at. And from the EU's current proposals, we can see that they could be anything from a 50% reduction, which we think would is what they should go for, um, as the EU countries, um, alongside many other uh, countries globally, have signed up to something called the Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, and Sustainable Development Goal 12.3 um, states that uh, people who have signed up to that should halve food waste by 2030. So we think the EU should honour that commitment and should uh, set legally binding targets in line with that commitment. But what we've seen is that they're actually reviewing targets that are far lower than that. Um, and it could be as low as 15% by 2030, which we think is far too low Um We've been waiting for these targets for years. They were initially debated in 2017. So we've already been waiting five years. Um, this would be a disaster. So the other thing that they might do is restrict um, food waste uh, targets to just retail and consumers. And this comes back to this myth that I was talking about earlier. So... Um, uh, this pervasive myth that um, in high income countries, food is only wasted by at retail and consumer level has permeated into everything. Um, so the wording of the Sustainable Development Goal uh, states that food waste should be halved at retail and consumer level, but just sort of vaguely reduced at the food loss stage. And this is to do with the assumption that um, low-income countries uh, is where food loss occurs, and they uh, don't maybe have the as many resources to achieve these targets. But as we've said, actually, food waste on farms is higher in high-income countries, um, and the EU is kind of using that as an excuse to basically, um, if if the targets just targeted consumers, it would mean that. Um, all of the blame goes on individual EU citizens and almost all no uh, accountability is put in place for businesses um, because most food waste in businesses happens at the farm manufacturing and, and catering stages. Barely any actually happens in supermarkets themselves, although um, supermarkets have a huge amount of power to through their policies, push food waste onto their suppliers through things like rejecting food for being wrong size and shape. So what we're saying is that these targets should be from farm to fork. We should treat the whole supply chain equally and have a, a holistic approach. Tackling food waste requires action across the supply chain, from production to consumption. The present system in which we find ourselves as consumers and producers is founded on a mechanism of overproduction and waste, on the rapid selling off of stock to put new products on the market and the provision of food that is aesthetically perfect. Slow Food believes that in a world where millions are undernourished and resources are limited, we need a sustainable food system in which food waste is drastically reduced. Whatever shape the fight against food waste may take, the key is to give food back the value that it deserves. 
Thank you so much, Alice, for this interesting episode. Thanks to our special guests and thanks to all of you who are supporting us by listening to this podcast. If you are interested in joining next year World Disco Soup Day, save the date. The big event is going to be on Saturday, April 29th. Keep an eye on the Slow Food Youth Network social media for the latest updates. This is the Slow Food Youth Network podcast and see you in the next episode. Ciao!